And I'll also say this, there may come a time in your life where something happens that shakes the foundation of who you are and how you perceive the world. And it makes you think, what was it all for? What was the purpose? Why did I push so hard? Why did I not make time for myself and the people that I care about? And I see this all the time in my hospice patients. They're like, why did I not enjoy my life more? And I truly, I honestly, truly hope that none of those things that I just mentioned ever happened to you. I hope that by just listening to this episode and just listening to different perspectives and reading books and that sort of thing will help you think a little bit differently where you can change your life, where you don't have to go through something awful to be able to have the clarity that those people have. On this week's episode of the Purpose Filter Podcast, we are diving into why taking time for your hobbies is crucial for achieving balance in your life. Now, as high achievers, we often fall into the trap of thinking that every moment should be spent working towards our goals. But the truth is, neglecting our hobbies can actually hinder our ability to perform at our best and to just enjoy life. When we take time for the things we love, we give our brains a much needed break from the grind. This leads to increased creativity, decreased stress, sharper focus, and improved well-being. So whether you're a CEO, an athlete, an artist, or anything in between, it's time to start prioritizing your hobbies. Not only will you be happier and more fulfilled, but you'll also be more productive in your professional life. So if you can't remember what your hobbies are, much less when you last spent time on them, tune in to explore how doing things that bring you joy and meaning can transform your life for the better. Hello, and welcome back to another week here on the Purpose Filter Podcast. I hope you're doing amazing. As you heard in the introduction, we are talking about hobbies this week. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up is you know that I see a lot of patients at the end of life and they have a lot of regrets, right? A lot of them will say, I wish I was more of myself. I wish I was more of my authentic self, who I truly am versus who others expected me to be. And I know that so many of us get caught up in quote unquote adulting, right? We forget what it's like to have fun. Like, I I don't know if it's this puritanical society that we grew up in or like the vestiges of that where we literally demonize pleasure. Because sometimes even the word pleasure, people like, ooh, you know, that sort of thing, especially when it comes to sexuality and things like that. But even just plain vanilla pleasure and having fun. Like somehow if you enjoy yourself, you're not a responsible adult. Like where did that even come from? And you know, when you go on vacation, it feels so good to go on vacation, right? I'm about to go on vacation and I know it's going to be amazing. And for me, there's two reasons why most people feel like vacation is amazing. One, you get to escape from your day-to-day life. Everything is new. There's dopamine all the time. You're exploring, you're out and about. There's new sights, sounds, colors, everything. And then two, you're actually probably, if you plan the vacation, you're probably doing something that you enjoy in a location that you think you might enjoy. And here's the goal for all of us, right? The goal is not for us to escape from our everyday lives, but it is to bring more of what 
you love, what I love, what we all love into each and every day. When you ask most people, I'll say a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people, and certainly for me when I was younger, what do you do for fun? You know, I couldn't really answer that question besides saying like, oh, I like to hang out with my friends and, you know, maybe get drinks at happy hour. If you remember one of my previous guests, her name is Katrina McGee. I think she said in her interview that, when you know, when she was working corporate, her hobbies were literally going out with her friends to eat dinner and have drinks. And then she realized she's like, I'm not sure that's really a hobby. And that's what I'm here to say as well cool. You like hanging out with your friends. Who doesn't? Everybody likes that. That's socializing. You can call it a hobby if you want, but what else do you enjoy? What strengths do you have that make some tasks and some pursuits easier for you that you really, really find meaning in? And another thing I want you to watch out for, don't confuse things that you do to distract yourself from discomfort with hobbies. I will say that again. Do not confuse things you do to distract yourself from discomfort with hobbies. My go-to was online shopping, right? Anytime I would get stressed, I would get overwhelmed, I would shop. I would browse sites, Amazon, home decor stuff, clothing, shoes, you name it. It gave me control. It distracted me from other things that were causing me distress. It gave me dopamine and it became a vicious cycle. And you may have heard it in the past. It was like one of my my very early episodes about me on this quest for an Hermes luxury handbag because I was so overwhelmed. I needed that distraction and I didn't have confidence in myself and I needed that external thing to give me more confidence in a sense, right? If you asked me back then, I would be like, shopping is one of my hobbies. And yeah, I do like shopping. But now that I'm a little bit older and a little bit more aware of who I am, I wouldn't necessarily say that shopping is one of my hobbies. I know now that back then I said it because I did it so often. It consumed so much of my day because I was using it as a distraction. Maybe for some of you, that's watching Netflix on the couch, right? Maybe for some of you, that is, you know, spending lots of money like I did. Maybe for some of you, that is browsing social media. Maybe that's not actually a hobby of yours, but maybe that's something you spend a lot of time on because it's difficult to deal with the emotions that you have from a day-to-day basis. And so we know in the research that hobbies decrease cortisol levels, the stress hormone. It decreases depression, anxiety. There are New Zealand researchers who have found that pursuing and engaging in creative activity will increase well-being, feelings of well-being that actually last into the next day, into the next day. So you do something now that has positive effects for you, for your mental health, for your physical well-being for over 24 hours. Like, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? So here are some points about hobbies that I wanted to bring up. Number one, engaging in hobbies allows you to fine-tune your internal meter of whether I like this or not, right? The more that you engage in a hobby and you actually really enjoy it and it brings you pleasure, then you start to realize like, oh, the next time I'm doing something, I'm just like, "Eh, I don't don't really like this. I don't really enjoy this, right? And then it begs the question, you start thinking, well, why the fuck am I doing it in the first place? And sometimes as adults, as people, 
we have to do things that we don't actually really like. In my case, it's taxes because it's early April right now. But if it is necessary, then you can think, well, how do I make it more enjoyable for me? And by fine tuning this internal meter, you get better and better at it each time. It helps you get more clarity because you're not thinking as a thought experiment like, oh, what makes me happy? Oh, what do I enjoy doing? You know, because once you've experienced the joy, the fulfillment of doing something you actually like versus something that you don't like, you know immediately what the difference is. And that is a huge, huge thing for many, many people, especially for those of us who are out of touch with our own bodies, with our own emotions. I will talk with clients sometimes and I'm like, well, what are you feeling when you think that thought? And they're like, I don't know. Like, okay, where is it in your body? And they can't localize it. And again, there's it's nothing wrong with them. It's just something that is unfamiliar to them, something that we're all capable of. And the more that we do it, the better we become at it. Number two, hobbies do not need to pay the bills, okay? Sometimes there can be so much pressure if we'd say like, oh, you know what? I like this. I'm doing it for free. I might as well try to monetize it. That's cool if you want to do it. But a lot of times that pressure makes people start to dislike, start to hate what they once loved, right? And so maybe you have six hobbies that you really, really enjoy. And if you want to monetize something, maybe you can choose one. Maybe you can choose two to monetize, but not every single thing that you enjoy doing has to make you money. This is very much tied to the fact that we need to have an outcome for things that, you know, oh, I'm doing this so that I get income. I'm doing this so that you know, people recognize me as an expert in this field, in my hobby, whatever it is. Why does everything have to have an end goal? Why does your hobby have to have an end goal? Why can't you just do it for the sake of enjoying it, for the sake of pleasure, for the sake of fun? And if you feel that need, if you feel that tug, I want you to ask yourself, why? Where does this come from? Why do I feel that Something that I enjoy doing or anything that I do has to have an outcome. I have to perform that I can't just do for the sake of doing that doing means production, that doing means an end outcome, that doing means a goal. That is how we get caught even further in the rat race and how we get even more burnt out because we're like everything that I do has to have some result from it rather than being like, hey, maybe I can just do it because I enjoy it. See the difference in the energy, even just when I say it, because when I say it, I feel it. And here's also the thing with hobbies. If you do something long enough, if you're actually enjoying it, you may notice progress. If you read, you might notice that you read even faster. If you're doing something athletic or playing a sport, you might notice that you get better at the sport. My husband and I, we started trapeze, flying trapeze, kind of like people in the circus, about maybe like a year and a few months ago. And for me, I see the progression from the very first video of me climbing that ladder, shaking and trembling all the way up, like my knees are literally knocking going up there to, you know, my most recent one where I'm literally jumping off a platform on top of the high platform. So that's a huge jump for me and for you as well. If you notice progression in your hobbies, positive forward momentum, 
that's a sign, that's a signal to your brain that like, hey, I did that. I made progress. I'm the one that pushed heavier weights. I'm the one that draws better now. I'm the one that has better public speaking abilities, whatever it is. And look, trapeze costs a lot of money. Okay. I'm not going to lie. That's just a thing. But your hobby doesn't need to cost money. It could be free. It could be low cost, right? Reading is free. Drawing, writing, journaling, walking, running, aside from the shoes that you need, dancing, meditating, Then there's YouTube, there's the internet, there's podcasts, there are books, there are articles, there are so many resources for you to start learning a new hobby or start engaging in it, right? If you want to learn a new language, there are so many apps out there that are actually really wonderful. So please do not feel that you need to either one, have an outcome for your hobby, that two, that it has to pay the bills and that it has to cost money. None of those things are hard and fast rules about hobbies. It matters most that you enjoy it, that it gives you some sort of satisfaction. The next point I want to make is that spending time on something that purely makes you happy validates you. It validates your identity. It means that you, your happiness, your desires, your wishes, your emotions are deserving of spending precious time on. I cannot emphasize this enough. I have so many clients, and I myself have been through this as well, where we feel like we are not worthy of spending time on ourselves, of spending effort on ourselves. We give so much to other people. And if you are someone who identifies as a woman, you probably feel this even more. Not saying that men don't have this, but especially for cultures where women do the majority of housework, childcare, you know, elder care, that sort of thing, on top of working a day-to-day job, That is a lot of responsibility. And when you're raised in that environment like I was, where you feel like you have to give and give and give yourself and be subservient to other people, and then you come last because that's all that you've seen your entire life, that takes a toll on you. No wonder why you feel like you are not deserving of, you know, a spa day. No wonder why you feel guilty when you say, I'm going to not you know, do the dishes tonight and soak my feet a little bit. No wonder why you feel bad when you put up boundaries and say, you know what, actually, I need a little bit of time for myself because this is all ingrained in you. It is unconscious at this point. It is decades worth of habituated patterns that need to be unlearned, right? And I'll give you an example. I have a client of mine who loves to write, love, loves, loves to write, was like super into it in high school and that sort of thing, literally has not written for over 20 years. And she wanted to get back into it. And she was like, you know what? I should find somewhere in my house to write. Oh, but it's like kind of a mess in here. And I have the kids and dogs and all this stuff. And then I said to her, I was like, well, what about a coffee shop? Can you write there? And she goes, oh my God, I love coffee shops. Oh my God, I ne- it never occurred to me that I could write in a coffee shop. She goes, well, I go to coffee shops, but you know, I'm there for like a Zoom meeting or, you know, I'm, I'm there to pick up coffee or whatever it is, but I'm never there to purely just write. Isn't that wild how 
literally just one shift of perspective. That's why I love being coach. I love being a coach is that someone can just offer you one little thing that can completely transform how you see yourself, how you see the world, how you interact with the world. And she was so excited about it. She was so, so excited about the simple thought of being able to write in a coffee shop. How cool is that, right? So I want to leave you with one final thought. I know you might be thinking, this sounds really great. This is how, this sounds really nice. Cool hobbies. Woohoo. <laughs> but I've got things to do. Okay. I'm a busy person. And my response to that is yes. Yes, you are busy. We're all busy. We all have things to do. And we all have the same 24 hours. We all have the same 1440 minutes a day. You do not have to dedicate several hours a week to your hobby. Maybe it starts with five minute micro breaks, right? They've done studies during your day. If you're at the office to take little, little micro breaks that will enhance your productivity, that will make you feel better, that will help to reduce burnout, things like that. And I'll also say this, there may come a time in your life where something happens that shakes the foundation of who you are and how you perceive the world. If you listen to my guests here, sometimes it's the death of a loved one. Sometimes it's a near-death experience. And other times it's a piece of advice that they heard from a friend or saw in a movie or read in a book or listened to in a podcast. And it makes you think, what was it all for? What was the purpose? Why did I push so hard? Why did I not make time for myself and the people that I care about? And I see this all the time in my hospice patients. They're like, why did I not enjoy my life more? And I truly, I honestly, truly hope that none of those things that I just mentioned ever happened to you. I hope that by just listening to this episode and just listening to different perspectives and reading books and that sort of thing will help you think a little bit differently where you can change your life, where you don't have to go through something awful to be able to have the clarity that those people have. Life is hard enough, really. Why must you keep pushing and depriving yourself of good things to prove what? To prove to whom? Give yourself permission to play, to have fun, to be a kid again, to laugh till liquids shoot out of your nose, and to be so in awe of something or someone that you could cry tears of joy. Those are the moments that make life worth living. That's what people remember on their deathbeds. That's what they talk about with their family and friends as they are taking their last breaths not the emails they sent, not the overtime that they worked, not the meetings that they attended. Go out, intentionally choose pleasure, choose joy, choose to have some fun, choose something that brings you meaning and fulfillment and satisfaction and choose yourself. I hope you make some space for those hobbies and that it brings you some much needed energy and revitalization back into your life. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating, write a review and share it with your friends. Follow me on Instagram at Purpose Filter and on LinkedIn. The show notes will have all the links you need. Until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other.